Hey, everybody. Ray Bram here. Welcome to the podcast that will help you increase the income and influence of your book, Beyond Royalties. Book Profit Secrets with Ray Bram starts now. Hey, everybody. Ray Bram here. Welcome to another session. Today, we are going to talk about why, when, and why patience is not a virtue. So, when patience is not a virtue, and you know, we've all grown up with that patience is a virtue, but when it comes to entrepreneurship, there's some cases where it's not always true. Now, let's take the the example of an author who has uh, a book on Kindle for, let's say, 99 cents. Well, let's say whatever the price is, let's see, they get 35%. So, one, let's check it out. I've got a calculator here. You can't see it on a podcast, but I've got a calculator here. Let's see, times, uh, okay, so let's just say, I don't have the exact math, but it's, uh, let's say they're pricing, for simplicity's sake, you're pricing your Kindle at a buck 49, buck 50, you're giving a third of it to the royalties, uh, I should say you're getting a third of the royalties, right, um, because it's under 299, let's just do it at 290, now, let's say whatever price point it is, we earn a dollar, after Amazon takes their cut, we earn a dollar. So you've got to, if you want to make $10,000, you've got to convince 10,000 people on Amazon to buy your book for a dollar. Now, you've heard the old adage probably that it's just as hard to sell a $5 item as it is to sell a $1,000 item or a $10,000 item. And I would say that's true. Okay. So if you got a Kindle book, and I hear this all the time, I get emails all the time. How do I get more eyes on my book? And it's like, and my usual response is something to the effect of, how do we get more eyes on you? The book is just a piece of it. It's not, it, and it shouldn't be your breadwinner. If it is, you got a long and, and frustrating road ahead. Because what I just said, if you want to make $10,000, you got to convince 10,000 people to read your book. Most books get downloaded less than 200 times ever in their lifetime. Now, I'm not saying yours would, because if you're listening to this, you probably are doing better than that. But just think, if you wanted to make 10000 a month, you got to get 10,000 new people to buy that book a month. Somehow. Now, if you're using ads, arguably, you're going to have to probably get 20000 to do it just to, you know, you're going to have to spend so much that you might have to get 20000 to make 10000 because you're paying for your ads. Uh, can that be done? I know somebody that can do that, Mark, who does that for himself, Mark Recklau, but that is, man, that's the one-tenth of one percent out there. So fine. You need 10000 What about if you got people coming from your book and you get, you know, 10 Whatever, let's say you get 10% of people coming from your book, and you got a $47 uh, piece of a course, all right? You still got to sell 213 courses to make $10,000 in a given month. Let's because let's just say we're shooting for a month here, right? Now, if you got a $2,000 course, that's obviously five people, right? If you got a $10,000 high ticket, it only takes one sale. And frankly, I guarantee you can, you're going to, and those one sales are going to be most of the time, the majority, high percent, 95% going to be great clients, especially because you're probably going to screen them for a $10,000 product where you've got to work with somebody. But this is to me an example of why, where patience is, is not a virtue. It's kind of like everyone else is out there teaching you, go ahead, Kindle, get those 10,000 sales. If you're not getting those 10,000 sales, well, then you need my, course on how to market your book on Amazon and run Amazon ads. And I got friends that have courses. I'm not bagging on them, uh, but there's some people that just, that's all they say. And 
most of my friends that have ad courses also have agencies that do well, really well. And I, I use a couple. And frankly, that's what you should do when it's something like that where you got to just, you know, that those getting that 10,000. I'm not, I, I can get across 20 books. I'm not getting 10,000 total a month by any means, not even close. So the book, but the book's role to me is getting people into my world. And when they get on my daily emails, that gets them quickly indoctrinated into what I'm about. And if they like me, that's great. Then maybe they'll do something else. Um, it's certainly much faster to host webinars with partners and do things. And you can do all that with the summit and you can do book swaps and all that kind of good stuff to get in front of a bigger audience. The point here is you could get in front of a big, you know, I could go get the top 20 people to uh, affiliate, you know, affiliates in the self-publishing and the author space to promote one of my books. I'm not going to make 10,000 sales. Even though the list size of all of those people would be, you know, probably millions, you know, at least a million, let's say. I'm not going to get 10,000 sales. And even then, it's only 10. I waste that time with those people, that exposure. I should be selling my high ticket program. And so patience is not a virtue to go up this ladder of let's first get selling a lot of books and then let's sell my $47. Then let's sell my $2,000. If you start with a high ticket, all it takes is one. And I, I fought this for a long time personally. This was, uh, you know, uh, it was, I didn't want to do it. I wanted it all automated and, and it turns out to be a heck of a lot more work when you're trying to generate 10,000 sales or 213 sales or five sales. You know, it's easier just to get a couple high ticket people that really want to work hard with you and, and, and love you. And uh, it's actually a lot less effort and you can impact lives that way when you actually help people. And this, this goes along with the whole idea of a high ticket tripwire, guaranteed results. And it, you know, I don't have the patience to sit there and figure out how to sell 10,000 books lifetime for a book, let alone try to do it as some kind of monthly income. It's just insane. I mean, there's certain niches that'll work like fiction. You know, if you're in the right niche there and you start doing well, uh, the success niche, which Mark Recklau is in, the, those type of things can work, but I don't want my business dependent on that. That's just like, you know, what if Amazon turns their ads off next next uh, week? So even if I figured out a way to get 10,000 sales a month, which is most books aren't doing anything near that, then, uh, you know, that could be gone. Where with working with influencers, having a high ticket, you know, you could probably, if you're, if you're trying to just, let's just say your target is six, you know, 120K a year, 10K a month income. You might be able to do all that in one month or a couple of weeks if you have a high ticket that's ten thousand dollars. Then, if you uh, are constantly trying to to do this, you know the the grunt work of of doing that. And I'll give you a story. I probably should have given this story at the beginning, but I'm going to give it to you here at the end. And this is just an example. This is why I am not a patient person, but I always wanted the you know it's like that's why when I realized how summits work. I realized how powerful they were at launching a high ticket item after the summit. That's when I decided that, you know, yeah, this fits me perfectly because I don't have patience when it comes to like, hey, just stay in your lane and work your way up. It's like, no, why? if I've got knowledge, why not have a high ticket? But here's an example from my personal life that I always attribute back to the patience of high ticket. And we'll say, we'll say it this way is like, I always liked dancing, right? And we used to, so my friend Gino and I went to this salsa club in Seattle when we were in our 20s. 
And at the time the club closed, it was like 2 a.m. or something or 1 a.m. there. I'm not sure what time they closed. This one t- night, we, we came out of there, and you do a lot of salsa dancing, you're sweating and stuff. And I always wanted to be a good dancer, but I didn't want to invest. Like, I didn't want to pay my lessons. I didn't want to, uh, you know, I wasn't going to do that. But I liked being good enough that I could ask people to dance or just, you know, that was, dancing was fun for me. So I liked salsa dancing, but I wasn't good at, you know, uh, and I wasn't going to practice five hours a day to get good at the moves so that I could, to me, you know, I wanted to be able to perform on the weekends at salsa clubs, but I didn't want to have to, you know, make it a full-time job. And so we came out of this club at one in the morning and everybody's, you know, as sometimes happens, club closes and there's a lot of people not really ready to go home. And we walked out in the parking lot. I was just kind of standing around waiting for their group to get together to go, you know, get in their car and go home or go to Denny's or whatever they're going to do. And this gal from Brazil says, does anyone want to learn how to flip me? And I'm now my mind works like this. And this is why I, I, high ticket fits and why I think it fits for you is when I heard her say that I raised my hand and went right to her. And what she taught me was just like, put your arm here, put your arm here, lift and spin. And I flipped her and I'm like, oh my gosh, she just took me in one minute, taught me the best move of salsa dance. And to, in my mind, I'm thinking this, I can do the rest of the stuff reasonably, not even, you know, let's say 10% of these great dancers that were in the clubs. So I could kind of fake it a little, but if I can flip somebody that gives you instant credibility, instant authority, makes you look like, you know, probably better than you are. Well, in my case, it did better than you are at dancing. And I took that and I'll be, you know, I, I met my wife and flipped her. And, uh, I think that's part of the reason she kind of let me contact her again after I met her. Um, you know, so we met somewhere. I said, I just, and we were, it wasn't even a dance club. I just, some song came on. I pulled her out of her table with her friend, flipped her. We had talked for 20 or 30 minutes and that got us far enough along that we kept in touch and then, and we so forth. But so that, that was huge. I mean, that little investment of a minute outside the club back in, in Seattle, you know, that created my entire family for me and, and my life. But also, it just gave me authority, credibility when I was doing other things. So about a month later, I was at a swing. We, uh, I don't I think it was a different group, but a business meeting in Las Vegas. And they used to have this swing club in Bellagio, like a swing, you know, a swing dance from the, you know, whatever that was, the 40s, 50s. Um, and uh, we went in there and I just thought, well, I just apply the flip in here. So you do, you know, it's a little different dancing. And I'm. I met somebody there. I took her side, said, I'm going to flip you out there. Here's how I do it. We practiced once and she was like, oh, that's amazing. So we went on the dance floor and we're all dancing and, you know, everybody looks pretty good. I mean, it was packed. And then I flipped her and the guy next to me says, I hear him say to the girl he's dancing with, he's like, oh my gosh, did you see that? Let's get it. This is, they're too good here. Let's get out of here. So my one move, people started thinking I was a great dancer and I you know, it's like, well, that's that was my high ticket. You know, that was my show of authority. Yeah. I learned the good, the good things. And I, then I started as the more I danced, the more I pieced together the other things underneath, but your high ticket, that's your salsa flip. That's your move to not only show authority, show you value your services, you value your, you know, what you are worth and your show of authority. So patience doesn't have to be a virtue. You can start with a high ticket and that's what I highly recommend. And of course, I'm biased. You should do it on the back end of a virtual summit because that that puts all the pieces together. So 
Patience doesn't have to be a virtue. Don't let anybody scold you for wanting to go for the high ticket first. That's what you should do. And I encourage you to. So we'll talk to you next time. Take it easy. Talk to you soon. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining me on this episode of Book Profit Secrets. You know, Abraham Lincoln once said if he had six hours to chop down a tree, he would spend the first four sharpening his axe. That's what this podcast is meant to do. That's also what we do on our site, our companion site, Ray.fm. So check us out there and sharpen your axe, increase your influence, income, and audience. And we'll see you next time.